comes, will he find faith on earth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You know, oftentimes uh, when the children's sermon happens, I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm going, you know, after this children's sermon that was so f- fantastic, nobody's going to remember anything I said. And, th- and this was one of those. That was excellent, Sherry, although I must admit, I was really curious how you were going to handle that third finger. <laughs> As you were going through, I was like, okay, this will be interesting. I guess, uh, I guess another way of using that prayer is to, is when you get to that third finger, consider praying for those people for whom you would like to use it alone. <laughs> Let us pray. Gracious and loving Lord Christ, as we come together now, we give thanks for laughter. We give thanks for children's sermons that are memorable. We give thanks, Lord God, just for being Christian community together. I thank you for this day, for the rain that it brings for the new members who join, for the wonderful singing we have already experienced, and just for the grace and gift of your word in our midst. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Indeed. You know, we gather here this morning um, with a dual focus, I think, pretty much almost every week. You mean, you come here um, every single Sunday, or whenever you're here in worship, you come here um, with a common identity. Most of you come here as people who are part of this Bethel community of faith. Yet, at the same time, you come here as unique individuals. It is true that all of us share a common humanity, a common culture most of the time, with, uh, or at least a societal culture that we live here in America. Uh, we have a lot of the same experiences, but... But the unique way that those shared experiences play themselves out in your life, individually, flavored by the unique experiences that are yours and yours alone, become distinguishing, I believe. They become distinguishing for us, um, and I believe they are often at the forefront of our minds. And they often weigh heavy on our hearts when we come here. Whether your concern happens to be for the world and for the environment, for, um, uh, for climate and all of those things, if that's form of folks on your mind and heart based on your unique experiences, then you come here to hear a word of God today that will speak to that. If you come here today uh, with concerns about your professional life, or you're, if you're in school with what's going on in school, or as I was often as a young person, when I would come to school, I would be replaying the game that I had played that earlier week and thinking about why did we win or lose or those kind of things. Whatever it is, you come here today seeking a word of God that will speak to that experience. Or you come here thinking about a loved one. Someone whom you care about who is going through a difficult time. You see, when we all come here, the amount of things on our minds, the the distinguishing realities of our not only shared experience, but individual experience is palpable, poignant, and in many ways innumerable. We come here today to hear a word. 
And I believe that while we come here to learn about Jesus, we come here to learn Holy Scripture, to participate in the various aspects of life-giving Christian community that congregations can and hopefully do provide for us. I believe that the main reason that any of us come here today is to learn about ourselves. Paul Tillich was a preeminent Lutheran theologian. And he's famous in the 20th century for his writings. And in particular was his musings on, um, on God and what he, how he referred to God. Paul Tillich referred to God as our ultimate concern. That no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what your individual experience, no matter where it is you live in this world, he believed and he taught that all of us at some point wrestle with the idea of God. And he says that faith is the state of being ultimately concerned. Concerned about who and whose we are. He says that religion is the state, the state of being, that religion is the state of being grasped by our ultimate concern, and it is that ultimate concern that provides for us the meaning for our life, he says. The meaning of our life is what we understand to be our ultimate concern. And to seek to understand that more fully, he says that being religious, being people of faith, is, it means that we passionately ask questions of our meaning of existence. And that we are willing to receive those answers even if those answers hurt. Our ultimate concern is to find out who and whose we are. And what we bring, when we bring to worship to find answers to that question, is what makes us uniquely us. But all of us, no matter who we are, no matter what we've experienced this week or in our lives, every single one of us, when we come here, we all receive the same answer. We receive the gospel. The good news of the unwavering commitment of God in Christ to you and me and this community of faith in our country and our world, our planet, our universe. It is the same answer. And at its best, friends, it is the hope that sustains us individually and it is the fuel source that energizes us collectively. The gospel, God's unwavering good news, encourages you to never doubt God's willingness and desire to be in deep, abiding relationship with you. Yet, it also 
encourages you to never doubt God's willingness and desire to be in deep and abiding relationship with those around you. I'd like for you all to take a moment and just look around. See the faces that sit near you, the faces that are sitting maybe across the sanctuary from you. Maybe look at a, a, a child in the back or someone who's maybe even fallen asleep already. And see in them a beloved child, a beloved creation of God in whom and to whom God will go to the links of the earth to encounter, bless, and redeem. And now that you've done that, do that this week. As you were standing in line at Martin's, which can somebody talk to Martin's about putting more cashiers out there? I'm just telling you, we need more cashiers. <laughs> because you're always waiting in line at Martin's, I'm just saying. But while you're waiting in line, instead of getting mad, look and realize that the people who are in charge of putting out more cashiers at Martin's, you know, they're a beloved child of God. And we might not want to use that third finger. But think about those people, wherever you are this week, if you're at work, that they are a child of God who God seeks to bless. As we do that, what's important about that, as Sherry pointed out in this child in our children's sermon, is that we pray for and think of all others before ourselves, for that is who, what God modeled for us. And it is indeed and a blessed and a beautiful gift. But there is something about that last finger that is important. And that's what our lessons talk about today. As the people of God, we are called to think about and lift up and look at all those around us. Yet if our ultimate concern is to find out who and whose we are, then there are times in which that little finger needs to get significant attention. Our lessons today offer a glimpse of that. We hear today of Jacob, which is an amazing story. The story of Jacob, whose past sins, who stealing his brother's birthright, had led him into a night of lonely anguish. Jacob wrestles with God. And it reminds us all of what John of the cross called the dark night of the soul. We've all had nights where we wrestled with God and we would not let go. Because all that we needed, what we needed to have to take another step forward was in some way to feel God's blessing. You've been there. I know you have. I have too. Some say that Jacob was living in such fear that what he really was looking for was last rites. Who knows? Maybe he was so afraid that Esau was going to come and destroy him and he was going to get the due justice for the way in which he had screwed up his life and treated others wrong. 
But nevertheless, Jacob did nothing but cling to blessing, and his name becomes Israel, for he is striven with God. And there's something powerful to me about a people and a faith who trust God so much that we know even despite all evidence to the contrary for our brokenness and pain and struggle, that we will cling to God knowing that God, we know You will be who You have said You will be, that You will bless me. Because I know in every ounce of my being that that is who You are. And how many of us need to feel that in our lives. I love that they combine that reading with our gospel reading today, which is really a funny one. A judge who is kind of an unjust judge, I guess that means the judge has you know, got some squirrely stuff going on in their background and the way they do stuff, but this woman just pesters him and pesters him and pesters him to the point where he finally gives in. And I will make no jokes about that today. Perhaps to our surprise, when he does that, that Jesus then uses it as an example for us and our relationship with God. Saying, if this unscrupulous judge who delivers justice only out of his own selfishness, because he just wants her to stop bothering him, our God who is just, who seeks to offer justice, desires to hear our pleas, each and every one of them, simply because we matter enough to God. Jesus suggests that the woman who pesters the unscrupulous judge is to be admired for, and I don't know if this is a word, but her stick to And it is akin to how Jacob responds. Each of these readings for us today remind us that in our lives of seeking an understanding of our ultimate concern, of seeking to find out who and whose we are, there is nothing wrong. Indeed, there is something incredibly faithful to cling to God and to go to God fully and completely with who we are. For that is the only way that we can hear God's Word for us anew. I believe that we are be, what we are being taught today is this. That whatever happens to be going on in your lives right now, you are not alone. You have us, but you have God. If you are weighed down by your past sins, brothers and sisters, you are not alone. You have us and you have God. If you are afraid and feeling vulnerable, you are not alone, for you have us and you have God. If you are, in, if you are experiencing injustice in your life right now, in whatever way that is happening, you are not alone, for you have us and you have God. And so I invite you to dare to cling to this God of ours. Cling with all your might. Cling for blessing. Cling knowing that God is already clinging to you. Wrestle with God with all of your might. Knowing that God 
will not run away from you. Pray to God with every ounce of your heart, soul, strength, and mind. For God will never tire of hearing your pleas. Cling to God who loves you for who you are. Despite what you have done or have not done, know that you are a beloved, unique creation whom God desires to have relationship with deeply and fully. You know, our situations will change from week to week. When you come in here, you will have different things on your mind. You'll wander through different paths and journeys and wildernesses of life. Your hopes and your dreams may die. You may go through sufferings. You may find unexpected and amazing joys. No matter what it is, when you come in here and wherever it is that you seek God's presence, know that God will remain faithful and ever committed to bringing blessing to you. And it's this promise of fidelity and love that is, as the song says, the sweet, sweet sound in your ear. It is for you as you seek to find out who and who you are. It is the promise of the God who has named you and claimed you in baptism and will always remember your name. It is the God to whom you can forever claim. For it is the God who will forever claim to you. In Jesus' name, amen.